Hello and welcome to the Banker's latest podcast series, Banking in Transition. I'm James King, the Banker's Europe editor, and I'm joined today by Simon Hurry, who's a partner with offshore law firm Collis Krill, to discuss insolvency proceedings in the offshore jurisdictions. Simon, thank you for being here today. Thank you very much, uh, James. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, perhaps we can start then by getting a quick introduction to, to you and, and the firm that you work at and also the ways in which your work has been sort of hit by the economic fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, yes, of course. Um, I'm a partner in uh, Collis Krill's dispute resolution um, department in Jersey. Collis Krill is a, a full service global offshore uh, law firm. It has offices in Jersey, Guernsey, BVI, and the Cayman Islands. Uh, I specialise in commercial litigation and insolvency work. And uh, by way of background, my day-to-day practice uh, consists of advising uh, directors, um, insolvency practitioners, stakeholders of companies, and also dealing with uh, asset enforcement um, actions. yeah, and I was just going to say there. So I guess this has been a particularly busy time for you in some respects, given some of the you know the damage we're seeing to to the wider global economy um, as a result of of the pandemic. Absolutely, James. the The pandemic issues are, as as you all know, uh, far reaching, and I find at times it's difficult to to keep up with um, the pace and uh, scope of its uh, impact. And it did seem that. As far as I could uh, tell, the the world uh, ground to a halt um, temporarily in in March of last year, whilst we uh, tried to predict how um, life would be um, with this new um, and and unforeseen uh, threat. And there's no question that it has had a a significant impact um, socially and on the economy. And my practice areas have been affected uh, directly uh, by by the pandemic and the the problems, quite frankly, um, it has caused for, across a, a whole range of sectors. And I think one of the interesting things here is that, that Collis Krill published uh, in January this year um, its insolvency year in review, um, covering a lot of these topics. And, and one of the standout things that it mentioned was around this idea of nervous company directors um, in the current climate. What sort of issues are they facing? There's no question, uh, James, that we have seen a market uh, increase in the number of instructions from boards of companies and directors that are, uh, quite frankly, very worried about how to guide a company through some very difficult and um, perhaps never seen before uh, terrain. The the pandemic has had a a catastrophic impact across a number of sectors, as as you'll know, and uh, the directors are um, the people that need to make uh, the decision as to whether or not uh, a company perhaps tries to continue to try and weather uh, the storm or alternatively um, should look to um, uh, cease trading and potentially be wound up. And those decisions are not straightforward. They're complicated and they often require um, stakeholder input. And the pandemic has really brought to the forefront the uh, importance of a a robust and sophisticated insolvency regime, and not only to protect those that are involved and invest in companies, but also uh, the directors. So there there are a lot of nervous people out there, and and that's the trend that, that we're seeing. 
the other issue here, which I think is interesting, is around some of the, the complexity of these these corporate structures, which span sort of multiple offshore jurisdictions. And I'm, I'm curious, sort of from your day-to-day -day work and from your perspective, how you go about dealing with some of these cross-jurisdictional issues day-to-day. Um, -day. I think the, the cross-jurisdictional aspect of uh, of offshore work is, is ever-present. Um, when you look at the majority of the, the larger structures, they will uh, comprise of companies uh, all, 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 over, all over the world. And, and so a good level of um, cooperation and mutual assistance between the offshore jurisdictions is uh, paramount. And I'm very pleased to be able to confirm that from Jersey's perspective, um, this is uh, very normal for us. This is something that we do day to day working with other jurisdictions and the framework uh, is there uh, to, to achieve that. I suppose what I should stress is that uh, Jersey um, is uh, an autonomous um, jurisdiction and our laws are, are, are different um, often because of the proximity to England um, for example Jersey is seen as, as one and the same um, but there are um, in, in some cases quite stark differences um, nevertheless uh, all of the jurisdictions I think have uh, realized they need to work together and uh, insolvency is a classic case of, um, of cross-border cross uh, cooperation um, in order to ensure um, that the stakeholders' uh, rights are protected to the, the fullest extent. And Simon, when we talk about in, in insolvency, how difficult is asset recovery um, from that perspective? I think that ties into an understanding of the of the offshore world, uh, James. And I have heard it before that the offshore uh, world can be seen as a bit of a, a black hole and people saying, well, I wouldn't even bother looking there, you'll never find anything. And my experience, and bearing in mind, I've been practicing for a good number of years now uh, in both uh, Jersey and um, in, in Cayman, is the, the, the truth is very different. Uh, asset recovery is another uh, large part of what we do at Dispute Resolution in Collis Krill. And whilst the mechanisms available to someone who wants to recover assets in Jersey might be called something different or there might be a local quirk, the uh, enforcement um, and asset protection measures in Jersey will be very familiar to, to onshore um, practitioners. Um, and so it's not as bad as people sometimes make it out to, to be. And uh, we often, for example, uh, look to um, take steps in Jersey to preserve assets uh, pending um, the determination of substantive proceedings, say in London or elsewhere. It's something um, we're very used to doing. And the courts are uh, very willing um, to insist uh, where they can to ensure that people that are, that are due money uh, receive it. And finally, Simon, um, we're obviously we're speaking at the start of 2021. And uh, I'm not going to ask you to make any predictions here, but uh, <laughs> I, I, am, I am curious to know you work across a number of different economic sectors and you have a good vantage point um, into some of those industries. I'm just curious to know or, or, or sort of understand how you see some of those industries faring um, over the course of this year, given uh, the scale of the pressure, the economic pressure that uh, many will be facing um, over the coming months. Thanks, James. Um... And, and thanks for, for putting me on the, the sport. Uh, I, I wish I had a, a crystal ball. And I think the 
the pandemic has been consistently very difficult uh, to predict. When it first arrived, I was nervous about uh, how busy um, law firms would be on the more non-contentious um, side when it came to um, doing deals and, and creating structures. Uh, but actually, our non-contentious departments have had one of the busiest years for quite a long time. Equally, there it might just be specific to Jersey, but there's been a, a property boom. Uh, people are uh, buying and selling properties like it's uh, going out of fashion. Now, there might be a number of reasons um, for that, but again, a surprise uh, to me. Um, sadly, in looking at the, the, the bigger picture, I think we're going to see um, that the the usual suspects, the industries that have been um, very sort of publicly affected, uh, tourism, hospitality, commercial real estate, I think we're going to con uh, continue to see um, them struggle. And my conversations with insolvency practitioners um, suggest that there are industries and businesses that are clinging on for dear life. They, it could be described as if they're, they're on life support, um, but they may not be able to uh, weather uh, the storm. And I think it was very well put, actually, by a, a chap called Simon Saw, who's the, uh, the president of the Jersey Hospitality Association, that the hospitality industry is now effectively facing its third winter uh, in a row. So having emerged um, from winter in 2020 and expecting a, a lovely booming summer, that never arrived and they're back in the, the depths of, of January. Um, so I think the tough times are going to continue. Um, the support is there um, and the support will hopefully continue um, to be given. But whether or not um, these businesses and these sectors can, can make it through, bearing in mind that the vaccine is now being rolled out and there is hope on the horizon, uh, remains uh, to be seen. And from a personal perspective and what I do, I would expect to see, unfortunately, an increasing amount um, of insolvencies um, and as a byproduct of that, uh, a lot of shareholder uh, litigation um, and a number of uh, creditors of companies and individuals uh, knocking on the door here, trying to recover uh, assets. But as I hope I've uh, got across to a certain degree, if those issues do reach uh, the shores here, there's a very sophisticated and very robust uh, and pragmatic legal framework um, available uh, to assist them. Simon, thank you for your time today. Oh, pleasure, James. Thank you very much again for having me.